Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. All out. And Tori. Hello, Internet. With some possible background noise from my mailman. Thanks, mailman. Uh, we start every week with Good Thing. Do we want to do Good Thing? Since it's not yeah, a regular episode. It. We're doing it. All it's right. It's happening. Let's, let's do Good Thing. Craig, start us off. Well, given today is a special episode uh, for us recording here, it's the holiday season. So I decided my good thing's going to be a movie that I just watched the other day, and it's going to be Home Alone. Now, if you are, for whatever weird reason, unfamiliar with Home Alone, it came out in the 90s starring a very young Macaulay Culkin. And you know what? Side note, guys. Some child actors are, like, cringy and bad. Macaulay Culkin does a really good job. Like, he's a kid, but he's not annoying. Um, anyway... The John Hughes film, which, of course, is also another good thing. I think it was directed by Chris Columbus, wasn't it? Yep. Who later um, went on to direct the first two Harry's Potter. But it's about an eight-year-old uh, with a giant family who who go away without him and leave him home alone in the house for the holiday season. And there are a pair of burglars, the Wet Bandits, who want to, of course, steal all the things from his house. And he has to defend his house. It's fun, guys. It has John Candy. It does, in fact, have John Candy. Uh, so mm. Home Alone is the basis for, is one of the basis, bases for my argument that Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it like a, a Christmas movie that's like Die Hard? Is that, is that what Home Alone is? Uh, my argument is that Home Alone actually has less has to do with violent. Christmas than Die Hard, <laughs> but is generally considered a standard Christmas movie. So if if you accept that Home Alone is a Christmas movie, then Die Hard must also be a Christmas movie because it meets more Christmas movie criteria than Home Alone does. Uh, I watched a recent Legal Eagle episode um, on Christmas Vacation, but he actually has a clip of Bruce Willis saying Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Well, what does that guy know about it? Yeah, but the director <laughs> said it is, so... <laughs> Wait, did he really? Yeah, it's, I got a recent article on my Google feed about... <laughs> the, the article itself was poorly written and I hated it, but the main thrust was, hey, the director of Die Hard says it's a Christmas movie. Anyway, uh, I like it. It's it's a fun movie to watch. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, character growth in there, actually. If you watch Macaulay's character, uh, Kevin, he, he actually, you can watch him go from a whiny brat in the very beginning to actually, like, maturing by the end of the movie. Yeah, good. that's that's his character arc that has nothing to do with Christmas. Is uh, <laughs> it's okay, he he sure. learns to not be afraid so much like, and to be a little more self sufficient. That's that's his growth. It's just good thing. I'm just talking about good thing. Nothing to do with, and and that family could have gone on vacation any time of year. That's true. They went <laughs> to France. They're not nothing Christmassy about France. I mean, no offense to France, but it's not like <laughs> yeah, France. Figure it out. Didn't they go to France in the second movie? Get more Christmassy. 
No, they went like to Florida. Yeah, they went to Florida. Paris in one of them. Uh... Paris was the first movie. Florida was the second movie. I don't remember how the mix-up happened that Kevin got left in New York in the second movie. Oh, I can tell you he that. He followed one. a guy that looked like his dad. He's like, okay. oh, that's my dad. He went on that plane. And they're like, all right, kid, go ahead. Right. He he has, like, the same exact jacket as his dad. So he stops for a moment to put batteries in his talk boy. By the way, I had a talk boy while growing up, thanks to that movie. Oh, yeah. That um, movie was an hour and a half long commercial for a talk boy. It was. He was putting batteries in it. And then he looks up and he sees someone with the same exact jacket as his dad. Uh, going, of course, in the opposite direction. So he goes to follow him. He goes to New York. Uh, and then it follows the same exact plot as the first movie, only in New York. Yeah. Fractal Doggo says, Home Alone makes zero sense in a post-9-11 and cell phone context. That's true. <laughs> well, you have to keep in mind, it is in the 90s. You have to... There are a lot of movies that don't work anymore. I don't know if you guys have seen Big Trouble. Uh, um, I have, based that... on the Dave Barry book. Yeah, that was an unfortunate like time release because it had it they had to release it right after 9-11 but you can tell it was made before 9-11 because they just allow a bomb spoilers they allow a bomb onto a plane and they say it's a trash compactor or something i mean most spy movies don't really work the same way these days because a cell phone does like 90 percent of the spy gadget stuff just a normal cell phone <laughs> like dick tracy he had a walkie-talkie on his watch how cool is that uh all right so my good thing this week uh i'm gonna i'm gonna keep the the christmas movie theme and go with shane black uh he's a writer and director and occasional actor some of his movies are extremely bad many of them are very very good the ones he writes tend to be set at christmas for literally no reason nothing to do with christmas it like if you if they change some of the like set backgrounds you wouldn't know it that it was christmas um some examples lethal weapon set at christmas for no reason um iron man 3 long kiss goodnight the last boy scout kiss kiss bang bang all shane black films most of them are really good set at christmas for no reason maybe the guy really likes christmas he does he he likes writing action movies set at christmas but no reason at all. None. I mean, that strikes me as a valid reason. Like, there, there is no, like, relevance to the plot that, that Christmas in any way affects. Except, I guess, the big fight scene at the end of Lethal Weapon in front of the house with Christmas lights on it looks cool, I suppose. Craig, Dave, you guys went in on this? Nah, never seen it. Same. You've never seen Lethal Weapon? I, I mean, okay, that's not true. I have watched it before. I mean, I, I was probably five out of the... I don't even remember enough to say that it took place around... Look, I'm from Philly, and I've still not seen Rocky. I'm not a movie guy. I mean, it's the one where it's the guy's, like, he's about to retire, and, of course, it all goes to heck. <laughs> like, uh... Yes, like quite famously, from... it all goes to heck. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Wait, I know Petrius died after retirement. He was the first cop to die the day after he retired from. Yes, it, it is when Danny Glover is too old for this stuff. So, all right, uh, Tori, what's what is your? Wait, I skipped Dave. That's fine. I'm sorry, Dave. You can go in a different order. You can shake up the formula a bit. All what right, let's, like, let's shake it up, Dave. You can you can finish us off, Tori. What's your good thing? She wasn't ready. order. I was going to go with Mandalorian season two finale. 
because I just watched it yesterday. And uh, no spoilers, but I cried. Uh, I wasn't going to cry. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cry. I'm holding it in. I'm holding it in. And then my husband came in. He had already watched it earlier in the day. He came in and he sat down to watch the end of it with me. And then he started crying again because he had cried the first time he watched it. And I was like, oh, gosh, if he's crying, I can't. (laughs) So, yeah. Wait, there's already Uh season two. Didn't it just come out? That was a year ago. We've had a whole <laughs> 2020 Disney since then. Okay, this year has sort of been weird. It sort has of. been weird. There's been this sort of like time compression, time dilation thing going on. Like 2020 has simultaneously lasted 10 years, and also <laughs> it's just flown by. Time flux. I was telling someone earlier that the reason for 2020 is because if you're like me and you're a child of the 80s, you keep thinking, well... 2000 wasn't that long ago. 1999 wasn't that long ago. It really was. It was 20 years ago, guys. And that's what 2020 is for, is because 2020 has lasted so long. Now you're like, oh my gosh, 2019 was a really long time ago. 1999 is like the last, like that was, that was decades ago, literally. It it was to to get us all on track so that we, we know what year it is and how old we are. Yes, it 2020 has been 30 years long, and also we did a State of the Sanderson last week. <laughs> the thing is, um, it reminds me of those XKCDs where, like, hey, you were 20 years old when Jurassic Park came out or something like that. Or, I don't remember. It was, you know, like the ones that are like, hey, this is how old you are, XKCDs, the word Randall does once in a while. They always make me feel old. <laughs> Just so. you wait. So we can't really get into Tori's good thing because there are spoilers involved. Uh, so Dave, what's your good thing? My good thing this week is a YouTube channel uh, called The Cornfu. Uh, the space cornfu. Corn like the vegetable and then F-U. So it's like, it's like Kung Fu, but uh, cornfu. It's a play on the guy's name. Uh, the guy's name is James. He goes to church with me. He's really cool. Uh, I know him and his family, uh, cool. Like everyone in his family is an artist. Like he's a painter, digital artist. So is his son just got out of college and got a job. His other son is like getting into college, doing pencil sketches and stuff. Even like his 12 year old daughter, like doodles stuff on her bulletin in church back when we had paper bulletins. Uh, and his other daughter just started working in a tattoo parlor. So like there's like a whole family of artists and He's a really creative guy, but he's got a corporate job, so it's like, it kind of like stifles him, so he needs a an outlet for his creativity, so he made this YouTube channel uh, a couple months ago, and it's pretty cool, he just does does what he wants, like, he's got a pretty cool, like, kind of metal style, uh, if you see any of the stuff that he paints or draws. Uh, I posted a link to one of the videos in uh, in Good Things, where he paints a bag of ramen noodles on a saw. Like a a saw. He just paints on there. It's like a bag of ramen noodles and like all the noodles are coming out like tentacles, like a a noodle monster. Like it's really cool. Um, So yeah, really chill dude. Uh, I like him a lot and videos are entertaining. Always finds good DRM free music to throw in him too or music that his uh, buddies make. So yeah, support him. He's uh, he's awesome. He deserves some attention. So I wanted to give him a shout out here. The Cornfu. The C O R N F U, and the icon is like a drawing that he made of a corn on the cop with like a headband, like a kung fu headband. <laughs> All right, 
Uh, so we are here today for Coloss Head Munching Day, Brandon's birthday. He's 45 this year, you guys. Happy birthday. Happy wow. birthday, Brandon. Uh, and accompanying his birthday, he releases an essay uh, detailing what he's done in the last year and what to expect in the next year and the years to come, like what, what his rough plans are. Uh, and it's called The State of the Sanderson, and we've covered it twice before, and we're going to do it again. And who wants to give us an overview? Tori. I mean, I guess I will. I wasn't planning to. Um, I only wrote notes on the stuff that like <laughs> piqued my interest. Uh, well, I'm just going to go over his um, table of contents, as it were, because that's what I have open on my phone. Um, so first he tells us about Mainframe, which is his, uh, audiobook company thing, studio? What would you call it? Uh, he's Production doing audio company. stuff now. Company thing studio, I think, is, is pretty good. Yeah, that works. He does audio stuff now. Uh, he decided that was a great way to get more, uh, of his content out there. He had some things that he felt like didn't really work in prose format, so he's just doing audio. And, um... Also because uh, adapting things to TV was taking too long. So do you so, think that he has auditions for any of his audio stuff? Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Hey, Brandon. Hmm? <laughs> we could be on an episode of something. <laughs> Clearly, he's a listener. He's definitely got to be a fan of the Cosmere Deep Dive Cop podcast. I, and maybe I doubt he that. even joined our Discord and has secretly been talking to us this whole time. Yeah, we do have a listener who's who shares a birthday with Sanderson, mm. and we've never seen Sanderson and this listener in the same room at the same time. So anyway, so yeah, for an audio fan like me, audio hype. Um, next thing, he talks a little bit about his year, um, how staying home because of the pandemic and not going on book tours has given him more time to write stuff. Um Yet, shockingly, with all of that more time to write stuff, he's still pretty much on schedule, as he reported in his last State of the Sanderson. I, I looked over that <laughs> after I finished reading this one, and it's like, you're like, what am I planning to write in 2020? And that's kind of what he wrote in 2020. So, um, well, I feel good like for he him, got, I guess. He got more work done on like side projects than, than he had originally yes. penciled in. So, like, I think he spent more time outlining things that are coming in the future. So maybe this time next year we'll be seeing that, oh, yeah, I wrote a whole book I wasn't planning to write, uh, which he has done in the past. I have to give him shout outs for how fast he pumped out Dawn Shard. Like, oh, my gosh, the, yes. Um, the Way of Kings, you know, Kickstarter. There's going to be a novella. Boom. We got the novella right I mean, before Rhythm of War came out. No, he clearly had it yeah, outlined. I mean, jumping and had, ahead. Like, the bulk of it figured out before he even started writing it. It's still pretty impressive. Like, the fact that he he keeps his promises super nice. Yeah, jumping ahead in the state of the Sanderson, he, um, later he goes on about exactly how he spent his writing year. Like, he, he lays out, I wrote this thing between this date and this date. And when you see how fast he put out this, what is it, like, 60,000 word novella, it's like, uh, it was pretty fast. I can't even say 60,000 words in that amount of time, let alone think them up and then write them down. And he wrote I mean, some a couple on... of those were repeated words. He wrote some on Skyward 3, <laughs> and then notes that he took a day off to rent a theater to go see a movie. 
which I didn't realize was a thing people could do, but it makes sense. I mean, you can. Yeah, it is. Um, you can rent theaters for like parties and stuff. Although, right, yeah, that's happening. I think less currently, but yeah, if if you have the means, and Brandon clearly does, yeah, you can you can rent out a whole theater so that you and your family can watch a movie. They. Uh... Around this area, I know there's one theater that you can do it for like $150. Wow. That's actually not that bad for like running out of theater. If your pandemic pod is... Family, inexpensive. Yeah. Like, Like, you uh, get 10 people, it's only $15 a person, which is a movie ticket anyway. And it's pandemic safe. If those people are in your pandemic pod, that's what they call it around here. I don't know if that's what they call it everywhere. Your quarantine pod. My pod is two people and three cats, so... Yeah, same. I don't know if you can trust those cats, though. You can't. Plus the two dogs. You you 100% can't trust the cats. If cats were people, no one would hang out with them. <laughs> wow. If cats were people, oh. they'd be the type of people that didn't want to hang out with people, so... So what else happened? Sorry, I had to finish off my coffee there. Ah. Um, he talks about the Wave King's Leatherbound Kickstarter, which you might recall was a screaming success. Um, when did that happen? Was that over the summer? Uh, that was September? Wasn't that long ago. It was this year sometime. Anyway, it was very successful. Um, and he talked about how long it's taking the publisher to get the Leatherbound books actually out to people, and how they have finished all of the, uh, stretch goals, um, the, the little swag prizes, uh, they're just waiting for all of it to come in so that they can bundle those up and send them out to people. So, look forward to that. And so then he talks about his primary projects and the updates on them. And most of the updates is, uh, okay, Rhythm of War, that came out this this year. So uh, that's our Stormlight update. It did? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you might have missed it. but You guys could start reading it. (laughs) And he has a title for Skyward 3. It's going to be called Nowhere. Or possibly Uh, Now Here. Possibly. There uh, are a couple of updates on Reddit, so if you and he's got links to those on his blog. So if you want to see more information about that, check out his blog, which will then take you to the Reddit post. Uh, update on Mistborn um, is there's not really an update on Mistborn, um, which is sad. With mm. Publishing delays. It looks like um, Wax and Wayne Book Four is getting pushed back. Um, not because of his writing schedule, but just because of the publishing schedule. And then updates on secondary projects. Um, let me see. It was Alcatraz uh, got pushed back um, again because of the, the publishing world being delayed because of COVID. Um, the book is written, but there's a new publisher apparently that wants to um, re-release all of the previous books with I'm new cover art very on board with this i would love to get my hands on a set of these and yeah and he doesn't say who the cover artist is but um i'm excited um but the last book should come out in 2022 Woo. yay uh and it is co-authored by someone whose name begins with a j and i'm going to pronounce it brandon style yancy patterson yeah sure sounds good I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation, but that's what I'm going with. Douglas Yancey Funny. You lie, I think, Craig says in the Discord in response to something. What? July. No, it starts with oh, a J. you lie. I get it. I... Yeah, he was uh, 
when I was it like, when was in... that Kickstarter? That I think that's what he was talking about. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag Mike jokes. That's right. They're like dad jokes, only less good. <laughs> Wait, is that actually a thing? Because that's the point. Dad jokes? Yeah. Speaking of which, I need to improve my Jack uh, dad joke game. So, hey, Mike, I need some pointers. R yeah. slash dad jokes. That's you two get together and talk about that later. <laughs> Next update. Uh, so he's got a project he's been calling Dark One for a couple of years now. Um, that has been released as a graphic novel. Uh, there was limited release on that, so uh, you might not have got a copy the first go around, but it's getting a wider release in May of 2021. Um, he says he thinks it's an improvement on White Sand, that he's learned a lot of graphic noveling things since White Sand, which is good because I know we all had some complaints about White Sand. So I didn't. Right. <laughs> Dark One is not Cosmere, I believe, correct? Uh, I, don't I don't think know. so. I haven't read it. Like I, I feel like we. I know we talked about it before, but I don't know anything about this. I think it ended up not Cosmere. Yeah. Next, um, the audio project, the original, which was uh, co-authored with Mary Robinette Cole. I like um, the, the line, "The original is a completely new story." I thought that was pretty funny. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yes, okay. Sounds rather original. <laughs> but it is an audio thing, and it is available where audio things are. So it, it says here, go to the audiobook site of your preference. Uh, no firm date on print edition. Update on Elantris, Warbreaker, and Rhythmatist sequels. No update. But there are, they are an idea somewhere floating around in his head. So at least, at least there's that. Update on the project he calls Songs of the Dead, which is the one about the heavy metal singer Necromancer. I've really been looking forward to this one, but I'm going to have to keep looking forward because it's not out yet. He says hey. it's in final revisions and looking for a home. There, There is a line in the in the previous section that is the most hopeful news that we have gotten about Rhythmatist 2 in years. Mm. And that is, oh. quote, I could see slipping Rhythmatist 2 in between Mistborn era 3 books, for example, when I need a break, end quote. That is that is literally the best news we've gotten about Rhythmatist 2 in years, you guys. Yeah, and also I love how he considers taking a break from writing a novel as writing a different novel. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how he break. puts out as much as he does, is he takes a break from this story, like... He takes a break from Stormlight to do a Mistborn, or he it's takes a break from seen... a Mistborn to do a Rhythmatist, hopefully. It, it seems like it's like a completely different genre, So, and usually for a different audience as well. So it's like easier to write. Well, I can't say easier, but it's easier, I guess, to do a young adult novel when you're busy working on your epic fantasy novel. It's, it's a shift, tone shift. Where, where someone like Martin will take a break from writing the you know, the fifth or the sixth Game of Thrones book to blog about football for six years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Or someone like Rothfuss will take a break from the third book in your series for a decade to stream on Twitch. Well, to be mm. fair, he's also been doing, like, humanitarian projects, hasn't he? Yeah, but... Uh... I, I think trading in on his name is, is a well that is beginning to run dry. Well, then he'll have to finish that other book to get yeah. his name back out there. That's that's sort of what I'm saying, yeah. There's a reason we picked Brandon Sanderson for our podcast. 
that is going to last years. We have well, years mean, of content, guys. The humanitarian goals might have been Rothfuss's primary goal. Like, hey, I'm just going to write this book and hope it's successful so I can do my real passion. And now he's got the money from his best-selling book. So maybe that's why he's doing those things, you know? I, I don't know, because I still haven't read those books. And I, I don't know anything about Pat Rothfuss. So. Okay. Uh, the Dark One is officially not Cosmere. Oh, good. Thank you, whoever looked that up for us. Uh, that was me. You're welcome, Mike. I mean, you're <laughs> welcome, Tori, on behalf of Mike. Thanks, Dave. Uh, all right. Uh, what was what was next? What was next? Songs of the Dead. White Sand. Then we went into White Sand. Yes. So White Sand is getting some kind of a prequel prologue thing. Omnibus um, version. Yeah. Well, they're working on putting it together as an omnibus, and they're going to add um, some content to it. Um, in that edition, it is in the works, and Sanderson remarks that someday he might actually edit the prose novels so that it is worthy of release. Um, and bringing it in line plot-wise with the with, with the, with the released novel. graphic yes. novel, which is considered yes. official canon. Uh, mm. So this strikes me as extremely good news because by the time we get to it, uh, this has a pretty good chance of being released as a single thing instead of you know three separate graphic novels at whatever price point they are. Right. I mean, I, I already own the three separate ones, so I oh. guess it's good news for Dave. I only have part one. Three separate ones. And, you know, also having the uh, the 30-page <clears throat> sort of prologue to go with it would be would be a nice addition once we get there. I really hope he does edit the prose version, because the, uh, the one chapter we got in Arcanum Unbounded I, I thought was good enough. Like, I, I know he's New York Times bestseller Brandon Sanderson and has standards, whereas I just kind of read a lot of crap over here. Uh, so, but I, I thought it was good. Um, I have the full prose version of White Sand that I still haven't read. It's obviously not the updated improved version that doesn't exist yet because that doesn't exist yet um but yeah i have that i think it also helps that the pro the prose version from arcanum unbounded uh also covered like a really good section yeah there was a lot of action in it and i felt like it didn't translate as well into graphic format yeah so next up so he talks about uh the reckoners and legion which are two of his non-cosmere uh things and they're getting some kind of audio um update on his mainframe company yeah that sounds cool i like uh really like legion Stephen Leeds' story do you think i'll actually get morgan freeman to do the voice of uh that one aspect almost certainly i would love that uh, if you can get morgan freeman yeah um, <laughs> the Reckoners, I feel like, is is the thing that would do best in other formats, like of all of yeah. Brandon's stuff. Like, I feel like it has the most potential to to be great out of Brandon's hands. You can see it being like a TV series or something. And like Legion and, was, and you know, even if he can't get Morgan Freeman, I bet he could get Zifrank. Um, I just had that thought. And yeah, he does have a pretty soothing voice. I could see that working. Legion was actually written to be a a like TV spec. Yeah. So. And then they had that X Men one that was called Legion on TV. I tried. I tried to watch that and I couldn't. It it needed more attention paid to it than I was willing to give it. So all right. Uh, Soul Burner. 
So Brandon mentions this cool secret thing that he can't say anything about. Why even mention it, Brandon? Start that hype train, let's go! Because he thought the name was super sweet and, yeah, can't do anything with it. Soul burn. So it's about burning souls. Is that similar to burning metals? Is this a Cosmere project? We don't know. Well, speaking of... Well, let's let's keep going. Okay, uh, he mentions the Apocalypse Guard, which... Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he like finish that and then decide it wasn't good enough and not yep. publish it? Yeah, we so... ended up we ended up losing about a year of Brandon to to trying to get that to work and it just didn't. Yeah. So. So he's still thinking about that. Likely after Skyward Four, he says. For for basically the first time since he agreed to take on Wheel of Time, uh, we lost some some Brandon releases. I mean, eventually, ideally, he'll get something out, but if it's that bad that it requires major revisions, how long it'll... Um, I mean, this is, as sort of an offshoot of Reckoners, uh, I feel like Apocalypse Guard is also something that would that would benefit a lot from either passing it on to somebody else or, you know, collaborating. Because, I mean, Brandon talks a lot last, last year's and this year's of, of wanting to do more collaborations, wanting to, you know sort of parcel things out to other authors to get more stuff out faster. And yeah, if if Brandon working on his own couldn't finish off Apocalypse Guard to his own satisfaction, then, you know, working with someone else on it seems like the the best solution there. I don't know. So then Brandon made sure to mention uh, several Cosmere things um, that are in the future. There's one called Adamant. There's Untitled Threnody Novel, Sixth of the Dusk Sequel, Untitled Emperor's Soul Sequel, The Silence Divine, Secret Standalone Cosmere Book. Again, oh. why mention it, Brandon? Um, that wacky YA Cosmere Book with Magic Kites, and most of that is capitalized. Magic Kites? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I haven't heard about this. Same, and that is that is as much of an elevator pick, pitch as I really need. I'm on board. <laughs> uh, yes. This is about Ben Franklin. Uh, well, it's a Cosmere book, so it'd be. So wait, Frank Ben, ben Franklin. <laughs> ben Franklin Cosmere. Ben Franklin Cosmere confirmed. That man was a world hopper. If anybody was, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so magic kites, um, and then Kingmaker, first of the Sun YA novel not involving Sixth, and Ether of Night. Um, so he says there's no progress on those things. He was just kind of throwing them out there that they are ideas in the future. Um, but he did do a reading from Sixth of the Dusk sequel at a Rhythm of War release party, and there is a YouTube video of that floating around out there. So I have some questions. Does anyone know what adamant is? No. No. It's the stuff Wolverine's claws are made out of. That's adamant... adamant... what? Adamantium. Yeah, I was going to say Edmantium, but I was saying That's the cartoon with the little bug superhero with the red spandex. That's a metal in Terraria as well. Anyway, if any of our listeners happen to know what Adamant is, I, I'm very curious. But it's pretty cool. We're going to get the... We knew about the Frenity novel, but that's not the Silence Divine? Apparently not. They are listed separately. So the Silence Divine is not about silent. It's something else entirely. So, of well, silent. I Didn't we read somewhere? Is. Hang on. Didn't we read somewhere that um, silence was not the? Uh, was I not think the we last? lost Tori. Uh, Tori, but am I back now? 
Am yes. I back? Okay. Uh, Silence was not the planned protagonist of the novel, that she was just a side character he came up with for that the one story to right. be included in that um, anthology. Okay. So maybe she is getting her own book. Okay. Um, and so the Silence Divine, we knew about the Threnody novel. Six of Dust sequel's cool. I didn't know we were getting a sequel to Emperor Soul, but that's cool too. And that's unconnected to the uh, Elantra sequel, because that's a separate section. So it's going to be an Elantra sequel and an Emperor Soul. Uh, I am surprised to hear that there's some young adult novels that will be in the Cosmereverse, which I I thought he was keeping his young adult stuff separate, but I guess that's not a requirement. Originally, Skyward was going to be Cosmere until he decided not to. And I feel like I should know what Aether of Night is, but again, I'm currently drawing a blank. Uh, I also don't know what that one is. Nope. But I, I like that we're getting a secret standalone book. I mean, I like anything Cosmere, so I'm good with whatever. So presumably we'll see yet another planet in the in the secret standalone book. And for sure a, another planet in the wacky YA Cosmere book with magic kites. Yeah, that sounds... Well, who knows? I hope that's the finished title. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not going to sell for many for many people, but it really works for me. Maybe a subtitle. Yeah, like Rhombus World, the Book of Magic Kites, colon, this is for you, Mike. Uh, in in fact, he did write a short story set on a cubicle world with uh, six different faces that all have their own unique properties. In Cosmere? No, uh, this one is non-Cosmere. The mm. protagonist has two magic powers. One is that he smells and tastes really, really good to dragons. And the other <laughs> is that he can hear spelling and punctuation of people talking. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's pretty good. Man, I really need to get into some more Brandon stuff. Like, I've read the first two stories in the Legion compilation. And I actually was looking looking at my bookshelf. And I have I recently bought Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians or whatever. And I really enjoyed Skyward and need to read the second book, but maybe I'll wait till book three is closer to out and just read the whole whole trilogy. Dude, I, I really like Skyward. Um, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and post the link to that short story. It's called I Hate Dragons. But dragons love me. And it's on Brandon's website. And it's delightful. And yeah, uh, Skyward is a four-part series. Ah, uh, it's a Quadrophenia. Okay. No, nah, it's still a trilogy. It's not a trilogy unless it has three or five. Thanks, Douglas Adams. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't Douglas Adams. Also, Monty Python. One, two, five, three, sir. Three. Uh, All right, what's next? Where were we? Next, he talks about uh, TV and movie projects. Um, And TLDR, lots of things have been optioned. Nothing is being made yet. That's that's basically he lists a whole bunch of projects and he tells who owns the rights to them and what they're doing with them. None of them are being made yet. Period. The end. So I saw a video game in the title, but I don't know which of these updates apply to video games. Like maybe some of the like is DMG Entertainment a video game company. I don't know. No. Any of these. I didn't actually see any bullet points that referred to video games. Just the heading. Um, but so I have a question. 
if uh, if these video games or even like the movies and audiobooks come out as part of the Cosmere, are they going to be in the show and I'll have to wait six years to play them if they ever come out? <laughs> um, Where, like if they if there's a like a Mistborn like video game where you just Kelsier like can I just play that because like I've already yeah I would, I would hope if it's something like that it'd be standalone enough or just you're familiar with you know error one so you can easily get into it for so yeah. I the, think the reason this is video game updates is because people ask him hey is there going to be a misborn video game or something as well gotcha. and and ultimately it falls under like the same sorts of like rights issues as film and television mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the way I would see this happening, and obviously we'll need like a proper word of Brandon on it to confirm or deny, once these things start being made and getting out into the world, we'll have sort of Star Wars style levels of canon, where like not. the books are the official 100% canon. Stuff written by Brandon, released by Brandon, canon. And then we get like movies are like the next level of canon. So if the movies disagree with something in the books, the books are right. And then the next level is like TV. Something happens in a TV show that disagrees with something happen- that happened in a movie or happened in a book. TV is wrong, book, movie, right. Video game would probably be like the next level down, just based on like level of access there. The thing I found most interesting is that Mistborn, he still has the rights for it. And given the fact that he's sort of writing a screenplay for Mistborn, that's that seems to me that's sort of exciting because it sounds like that. I mean, despite all of these companies owning the rights, I feel like the Mistborn one would be the the first thing that will come out in oh. a non book form. Wasn't there like a uh, Stormlight based fan VR game that that someone made like last year or something? They were playing around with with different things, but I I don't there being a, like an actual like game game fractal doggo says it was mistborn not stormlight i thought there was a stormlight thing like a escape mm. the shattered planes game or something oh dude i could make a game like that you you can go to the adjacent plateau on the north west or dennis <laughs> <laughs> dude a text-based escape the plateau let's go uh. you have been eaten by a grew I mean, I'd go chasm down fiend. Chasm. <laughs> are all the good loot. That's totally how it would end for me every time. So, if there are video games, we could stream them on Twitch, which would be really cool. Because, like, I don't stream narration on Twitch. Uh, I mean, I did make the one exception for a small section of the End of Mistborn trilogy at Mike's request. But there are copyright issues with, uh, like, doing audio versions of books where people own the rights to making audio versions. And now that Brandon has his own audiobook company, I especially don't want to step on him in that regard. But um, for video games, yeah, like that's what Twitch exists for, right? So that would be really cool, too. Brandon, if you're listening to us, you want to make a game with Mistborn-type powers, make it like the recent Spider-Man game. Yep. Like, that is... the, The mechanics of that game is almost perfect. That is how you would do it. Just... Have Just some have someone create a a map of. I mean, we'll probably go era two with this. So Elendil and. Well, if you want a Mistborn power, you would need to do it in era one. Okay, so I guess you could do Luthadel. I just feel like it'd work better era two. 
Okay, and also, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but the Van Helsing video game that was accompanied the movie that came out some years ago um, had a feature where at the end of the stage, if Van Helsing still had his hat on, you got extra points. Like, if you got hit too hard, you'd lose your hat. If you got knocked down, you'd lose your hat. So if you if you could get through the stage with your hat still on, you got extra points. I feel like something like that should be in Mistborn. It should be like, if you can cross the city on rooftop without getting covered in ashes, like... <laughs> it's or, a better, it sounds like a better mechanic than Mario 64. Oh, you lose your hat and you take extra damage until you can chase that monkey down. So or you're just you just are Wayne and you need your hat. <laughs> that yes. Well, you can wear different hats that give you different abilities, but like the bowler is the meta hat that has all of the abilities. Right, like his equipment slot is just his hat. And you can you can like find metal vials as just pickups around the stage. No, seriously, a, a video game related to Mistborn in some way would I think work out so well if done right. There's just the the powers are so versatile that and they would be fun to play with for for most of them. But set it in Era Two, have it like tangential to the actual Era Two plot. You have a couple of of sections where you occasionally play as like Wax or Wayne, but mostly you play as this as a completely separate character, unconnected, and like you do your own plot. Maybe you're an iron puller instead of a, a steel pusher, and you also have a ferrochemical power, I don't know what. One of them. Or make it an MMO and you get to pick which ferrochemical no. and no. Like no that's MMO. in the character creation. <laughs> no well, MMO, but it should be open world. It should if totally it's an MMO, be. then Brandon will never stop playing it. <laughs> See, that's my problem with Elder Scrolls is that they went MMO with their sixth game, and I'm never going to play it. But I mm-hmm. love Morrowind, Oblivion, and Sky, uh, Skyrim. Skyrim Sword. Uh, so that's, I guess, not necessarily like an MMO, but like you, you could have your character creation and you get to pick uh like you get to pick your what you call your powers. it yeah so like yeah. you get to pick your ferrochemical and your elementic power but you can't you yeah. can't do compounding no compounding until, like, that's broken yeah like but no no like that's like there's a god mode like after you beat the game then you unlock compounding mode right call it lord ruler mode <laughs> the, the only downside with that is i feel like it would be harder to design again. like i love the idea of being able to like select which metals you'll have you have access to but the, the issue is that they'd have to make sure the game is balanced and fun, regardless of the combination of metals. You could probably do a subset of metals. Like, yeah, you wouldn't probably you be able to, to include all of them. Or, like, you have to either be iron or steel alamancer, just because otherwise the rest are no fun. Because uh, you don't want to pick a copper you know, copper mine. So, sorry for all of our copper clouds out there. but uh, Why not? They could make the game good. Like, they could be good game designers and figure out a way to... Might not be balancing the power. You know, there might be an optimal build, but like you could still make each option fun. Or there are sixteen sections and you play as a different misting in each section, mm. and each section is balanced to that power or lack thereof. Mm. Maybe. So And I could see like if you've got the copper mind as your fairy chemical power, like 
it can just be full of random stuff that gives you advantages on the stage. Like, yeah, oh, <laughs> I I know something that makes this puzzle irrelevant. <laughs> or like, it could be, it would be like um, Paper Mario, like Goombario and Goombella from the Paper Mario games. Like, you always want to have them because they have the best flavor text. <laughs> <laughs> right like they're not necessarily the strongest party members but like i want to i want to inspect every monster and get the flavor text for everybody you know oh, no it's something like um you're, you're doing you're doing subtle political manipulations like house war style and if you've got the copper mind you get extra dialogue options that just wreck the other person there, there was a game recently that came out it was it was a over-the-top rpg type party mechanics so sort of like uh in the Baldur's gate gate type vein but it was set in the old west i can't re- i don't recall the name of it i was watching co-play it um it sort of made me think you could maybe pull something like that off as well where you have a party of misting which each have different abilities like you guys are mentioning so they have certain strengths and weaknesses and you sort of use them um so you, you'd have a party instead of just one person at a time anyway the games would be cool i understand if he wants to wait to make sure they're done right, because I'm sure there's a bunch of people who are like, I can make a game, but you really want to do it right. And please, Brandon, don't just go with the first AAA company that comes your way, because I think most AAA companies suck. So because it'll be CD Projekt Red, and you don't want you don't want that. You don't want to deal with that right now. They already have The Witcher. They don't need another big fantasy ish series. Go go with an indie studio. Give them some love. They make good games. Uh, so what's what's our next section? Oh, well, our next section is the one called Other Cool Projects. And the first thing he talks about is that he's planning some picture books, which, okay, children's librarian here is really excited about. Uh, Non-children's um, librarian also really excited about these. This sounds really cool. Yeah, Like does. having these stories as a, as a picture book thing. And I can read it to my daughter. Yeah. I like it. Make it happen, Brandon. Yes. I, I need these in my life. There was um someone posted on Reddit about how I think it was Reddit, uh where where he reads these stories to to people who are who are suffer like th- those suffering from from trauma and stuff like that. They read these stories and it actually like worked really well with the group. Right, so, and in in the COVID world, there's been a lot of picture books coming out this year that are all about coping with feelings and um, managing anger and but aimed at little kids there's been some really good stuff that's come out and i I feel like you know if there's a place for those things then um these sanderson stories that like i've already read the story i know it's a good story just imagining it with wicked cool illustrations i'm i mean i'm all over it also neil gaiman puts out picture books and Mm, true i feel like if he can get away with it then sanderson can too you're talking about, well, like, Chew and, uh, Fortunately the Milk, those kind of um, picture books? Yeah, no, Fortunately the Milk isn't, of... isn't really a picture book. It's, okay. it's a, a, it's a juvenile novel, but, uh, he's got one called Blueberry Girl, um, which is just kind of, um, and I love you letter to his daughter, um. And and it's adorable. Like, it's one of those that the parents are going to enjoy more than the kids. There's a lot of those. And I, I, I feel I would, like... Sorry. There's just the whole genre of picture books that these would fit right into. And they already exist. And I, I feel like he could get away with it without having to change the story like he talks about in, in his update. Um, I would really like to see the art for the dog and the dragon. Yes. Because I know what it looks like in my head. 
and I would like to see what it looks like in someone else's head, but then drawn out on on paper. There are just a few picture books that are like really elaborate, like Michael Whalen style art in them, but for kids and I think that needs to happen with these stories. It really does. So, all right, what is next? Uh, board games. He talks about some companies that have the rights to make games and the games that are coming out. And um, and he gives some links to um, several of them. So, uh, for example, Forged Foam has amazing shard blade designs. Those are pretty cool. Go look at those. If you ordered the coins from the Kickstarter, you can get... Eh? Uh, the link for the shard blade thing doesn't work. I can't look at those. Do you happen to, like... Or does someone here have the link for that? Because I want to look at Oh, yeah. It's not working for me, either. It's not working right now. Oh, sad. It's okay, just... It's blue underlined text, but I can't click it. So... Well, that's sad. Um, you, you also sort of skated over that they released a... Stormlight-themed board game that... Uh, oh, right, yes. Craig, do you own this? Yes, I own it, and I and, have not and... played it yet. Okay. I'm waiting for Dave to catch up to Oathbringer. Oh, that's going to be a while. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then I'll have someone to play it with, unless I come visit you, Mike. You could. Like, not right now, but, like, right. later. <laughs> now, one game you have played, I think, because I seem to recall you talked about it on the podcast, was Mistborn House War. I have not played it. I have seen it, and every time I look at it at a convention or something, I think about buying it. The problem is the the, the gameplay elements is not appealing to me. So mm. while uh, I well, would like gamer first, yeah, it's it's not my kind of game. But every time I see Mistborn, I'm like, I should get it because I like Mistborn. But I don't think I'll ever play it. So and my well, friend there's an expansion the, for the game you're not going to play. So my friend owns the Reckoners game. Um, he keeps wanting me to play it, and he never teaches me how to play it. He just talks about, we need to play this sometime, and it never happened. But I'm excited. I like I like board games. So, more Cosmere-themed board games. At least these are coming out. Or not not necessarily Cosmere, but but his stuff. His Reckoners is not Cosmere. And... Uh, let's see. Mistborn card deck. Um... Oh, I like that. I want, I want one of those. Are those just regular playing cards with Mistborn art? I'll take it. Okay. Ew, not me. I don't like uh, playing cards with art on them. They're not—they're not bad necessarily, but I don't know. I'm kind of a purist when it comes to playing. I—I I would feel extremely bad shuffling it. <laughs> right. I would get it, but I probably wouldn't use it to do anything with. I would just get it because it looks cool. Like that's fair. I actually have a—I have a Final Fantasy VIII deck of cards, and I just—I just look at the art. I got it at some like. Like a uh, anime convention way back when a game first came out, it's cool. You went to an anime convention in two thousand one. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I did. You don't even like anime. I did at the. T- I mean, I st- I like it, but at the time I was actually into it because of the person I was dating. Right. I'm trying to remember. It was in California. Oh, that person. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, hey, I got gotcha. you. Don't know her. I don't think you met her. Oh well. Sorry. Never mind then. We don't need to talk about my exes on this. Yeah. On this this, this has been the Craig's Love Life <laughs> Deep and Dive that's podcast. Craig's origin story. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next section is translation updates. Well, hang on. Oh, uh, we're not done the, with. Yeah, in the cool okay. things. Uh, there's Kaladin art book. 
And Kaladin, you might recall, was that really cool album by the Black Piper, um, which was sort of a Wave Kings soundtrack, like unofficial soundtrack. But um, Brandon talked about it in his State of the Sanderson, um, I think two years ago. And I liked it. So there's an art book that goes with that album. Good stuff. And then Brandon has links to some other vendors that sell uh, Cosmere merchandise, like uh, jewelry, coins, accessories, posters, phone cases, and more. So check out his blog for those links if you need some merch. Phone cases, you say? But then, the translation updates. Uh, So Brandon hasn't really done this in the past, he says, but he has asked his uh, foreign publishers for updates on where you can get his projects in other languages. And some of the publishers got back to him in time to be included in this update. Um, There's some news on German publication dates for his stuff. Um, Looks like you can get Oathbringer starting in January. Um, Rhythm of War, um, split into two volumes, is getting published in February and May of 2021. And uh, you can also look forward to Skyward coming out in German next year. There's some updates on Polish. I don't know if we have any Polish listeners to our podcast. Um, And what else? Oh, and more information about French publications, which... um, you might recall, I, I myself ordered Wave Kings in French, and I'm still working my way through that because uh, my high school French is not as fresh as it would have been back in the day. Also, updates from Italy and Spain, and that's it for the translation updates. So if you speak one of those languages, check the blog for the dates that you can read the things in your original language. And next up is... Projected Schedule. The most exciting part of this whole thing. Yay. Skyward 3. Okay. So he is planning Skyward 3 in fall of 2021. This is, this is when he is going to write the things, not publish the things, I believe. No, no. This is when it should be released by. This is the publishing. Okay. He's got a separate one for the writing schedule. Um, so this is the projected publishing schedule uh, contingent on uh, COVID impact on the publishing world. Skyward 3, Fall 2021. Alcatraz 6, Spring 2022. Wax and Wayne 4, Fall 2022. Uh, Skyward 4, Spring to Summer 2023. And Stormlight 5, Fall 2023. Oh, good. By the time I finish the books, there's going to be more books. <laughs> As yep, the diagram foretold. Sure. And only the diagram easy. cover these books wax and wayne 4 stormlight 5 yep uh, because because we have had like projected schedules for both of these books for some time now mhm well yeah. you like the, for our end all that matters is what order he's writing them in right yes and then you might have to insert the like oh why did this short story in the meantime but yeah yeah so uh tori you have a least... phrase for the short fiction we can't predict the short fiction <laughs> That uh, that should be our other T-shirt. Um, but yeah, uh, Wax and Wayne Four, which the the lost metal or the last metal? Which one is it? I thought it was the lost metal. The least yeah, metal. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, the lost metal. Uh, that one's been projected for a while now, and then the Stormlight books have been on a pretty set schedule. 
this yeah. whole time of well, one about every three years. At least uh, I'll be able to listen to old episodes after Oathbringer. That's true. And then I'll just have to stop. And and we give you ample warning when you can stop listening to the spoiler section. Yeah. But yeah, it's um. I mean, I still I'm looking forward to Wax and Wayne Four. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it looks like he's going to start writing it pretty much after Skyward Three, which he's sort of wrapping for writing wise. He's sort of wrapping that up. And but, yeah, you know, on the uh, on the ticker at the top of his page, as I scroll up to the top of the page, he he does have a percentage for that. Which uh, is not working on the mobile. <laughs> 70%. So he's finishing that up in the next couple months. And, hey, yeah, and, then, like and then I think we're going to see a ticker for Wax and Wayne 4, which is great. And, and after Stormlight 5 comes out, all of Mistborn Era 3 in a row. Woo. Nice. Oh, good. I'm kind of bummed that we had to take a break from Era 2. Like, that there's kind of, you know, that we had, like, oh, here's Wax and Wayne. There's two more books. Here's I just realized. <laughs> well, we didn't oh, know there man. were more books coming. At like the time. we're waiting a while for Wax and Wayne Four. You're gonna have to wait an even longer while. I don't. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, it, it would be after Rhythm of War. I think at some point we catch up, and then we get actually, we get another. We start over, renew the cycle with a new new reader. Yeah, in like sure. ten years, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> ten years. We'll yeah, discuss we'll that when that. we get closer to it because I don't know. I don't know what we're doing if. Assuming Dave ever catches up, I don't know what we're doing at that point. Guys, in 10 years, Ada might be... Yes. Alloy of Law came out. We didn't know that there were going to be more books set in that era. We thought it was just sort of a standalone thing. Right, because wasn't wasn't the next trilogy supposed to be modern era? But then he's like, "Uh, you know what? Before I do the modern era, let's do this cowboy one. Uh, You know what? This cowboy one's a trilogy. Uh, You know what? This trilogy is four books. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, for a long time, we called Alloy of Law Mistborn one, Era 1. 1.5. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be a standalone in the middle, but then he's like, nah, I got a trilogy here. Yeah, and, well, and I then... I it was supposed to be just a short story, and then it was a novella, <laughs> and then it was a novel. And then a couple years later, oops, I wrote two books. Like so That pretty much is exactly what happened. Oops, yeah. two books. Like, we weren't even expecting a book, and... Just, oops, two books, shrug, oh well, and they came out like two months apart. I know I've said this before, but I heard Neil Gaiman speak once, and he he said that that's basically what happened. Uh, When he was writing The Ocean at the End of the Lane, he uh, said to his agent, he's like, hey, I've got this idea for a short story, can you shop it around? And the agent was like, yeah, sure. Um, And then he started writing and he called his agent back as like oh, okay it um it's gonna be a novella i'm sorry it's it's a novella now and the agent was like sigh okay fine and shops it around and then after he finished the entire story and was getting ready to start the editing phase he had to call his agent and be like um i appear to have written a novel and then the agent sighed at him some more but that's that's literally how it happens for these prolific writers <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome. So, yeah, for a really long time, um, because they came out right next to each other and I read them together, like, back-to-back, I had trouble remembering what happened in book two versus what happened in book three, because, yeah, them them releasing and then being read at the same time meant that there was some blending. But uh, we don't have to worry about that for a while for you, Dave. Hey, a while. (laughs) You've got... You've got a whole separate book to to read first. Yep. Uh, do we have anything else 
with regards to the state of the Sanderson to cover, are we good? Is it exciting stuff? What is everyone most excited about? Uh, Arithmetist 2. Having an actual bit of potentially hopeful news on Arithmetist 2. I mean, for next year, the fact that we're going to be getting Skyward 3, I like. Now here. But I also want to know more about this secret standalone Cosmere book. So yes, please. I am excited uh, on the on the Skyward front for the like three novellas he's doing. Mm, um, right. Because like that was that was one of my biggest complaints about about Starsight was that it stuck with the single POV and like I wanted I I felt like that was a really weak part of that book was that it just it stuck to the one POV. Like I wanted to branch out more and and see more of what was going on and couldn't. So. Those novellas seem like a good way to solve that problem. And Dave, what are you most excited for? Uh, man, I, I'd say Skyward 3, but I haven't read 2 yet. So now I just feel behind on all the non-Cosmere stuff, too. But um, I, I think the mainframe, the audio story company, was like probably the coolest, uh, you know, interesting, exciting thing that I read about in the blog post. Especially if he starts doing open auditions for voices. <laughs> Yeah, as an audio listener, I I really enjoyed that part. But tops for me is the picture books. I, I want those picture books, followed closely by the book with magic kites in it. Yes, and Alcatraz 6. So to sum up, we're excited about the entire thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I mean, I don't personally care about the translations. I'm happy that, they're, that they exist and that non-native English speakers are able to share in these, but... It I would does. read some German Mistborn books. Yeah, like it it Although doesn't it actually like... affect me in any direct way. I don't think any Mistborn books were on the list for Germany. The Stormlight. A lot of these ones a few listeners at uh other language. Yeah. I was um, kinda thinking maybe I would try the Polish one because um the first book of the Witcher series is one of oh, my very Skyward. favorite books and it's originally in Polish and I keep thinking maybe I should try it in Polish and Der Ruf der Sterne. So I would Dave, totally read German Skyward. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's my other favorite thing. Mistborn is almost certainly already released in German. Oh, okay. Which would be why it's not you... on this upcoming release list. That makes sense. Because oh, cool. the, the original Mistborn trilogy is over 10 years old now. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, the longer this goes, the more I have to edit, and I'm putting this out tonight. So. Woo, tonight. Shall we Shall we end? Yes, I think so. All right. Good luck, Mike. Yep. All right. This Good night, been Internet. This the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I have been your host, Mike. Wait. Our traveling Wilburys is a made-up continent. Oh, McGillicuddy. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.